Hello all and welcome to Grant Thornton's COVID-19 Energy and Resource Podcast Series, Episode 2, focusing on carrying values of exploration assets. I'm your host, Brock McKenzie. With me today is Tim Jackman, a partner from the National Energy and Resources Industry Tech. Hi, Brock. Great to be back, having survived Episode 1. Yes, indeed. It's great to have you back. So having addressed the impact of going concern assessments during our previous episode, it makes sense that we turn our focus to the impact of COVID-19 on exploration assets and impairment testing. Yes, along with going concern, this will be the hottest topic as we move into reporting season. Firstly, I think it would be worthwhile orientating our listeners as we have two standards to navigate, with this issue being IAS 36 impairment of assets, which most will be familiar with when dealing with non-exploration assets, and of course, IFRS 6, exploration for and evaluation of mineral resources. The interplay between IAS 36 and IFRS 6 is something not always well understood. Yes, agreed. Uh, bear with me as I step through this. Let's start with IAS 36. Uh, IAS 36 impairment of assets applies to the impairment of all assets, including exploration assets. Uh, it prescribes the procedures that an entity applies to ensure that its assets are carried at no more than their recoverable amounts, uh, which is the higher of the amount to be recovered through use of the asset or the amount to be recovered through sale of the asset. Okay, so far so good. We have IAS 36, which covers impairment of assets, including exploration assets. So how does IFRS 6 get involved? Uh, IFRS 6 modifies the requirements in IS 36 with respect to uh, the indications of impairment and also the level at which the impairment is tested. Uh, this is for exploration assets specifically. Okay, there's a fair bit to unpack there. So how about we focus on the modifications and what they mean? Sure. Uh, IFRS 6 requires exploration assets to be assessed for impairment when facts and circumstances suggest that the carrying amounts of an exploration asset may exceed its recoverable amount. Easy next question. Take us through the facts and circumstances. No problems. The starting points include expiry of or near-term expiry of the area of exploration uh, and an expectation that the area will not be renewed. A substantive expenditure on further exploration for and evaluation in the specific areas neither budgeted nor planned. The entity has decided to discontinue activities in the specific area having not found commercially viable quantities and or sufficient data exists to indicate that although a development in the specific area is likely to proceed, the carrying amount of the exploration will not be recovered in full. Yes, each of the triggers seems logical. However, there also appears to be room for judgment with terms such as substantive budgeted expenditure mentioned. Yes, that criteria in itself is a subjective assessment and will vary from company to company. However, discussed in our last chat, this criteria is likely to be more common this reporting season as access to capital tightens and companies further rationalise their exploration programs. Are there any other factors, uh, given the impacts of COVID-19, that you would consider? Uh, the general industry practice and guidance from firms also highlights events such as a significant drop in mineral prices, a significant deterioration in the availability of equity financing, uh, a significant delay in exploration activity, or a substantial decline in the share price, leading to a reduction in the market capitalisation of the entity. 
Could we just uh, drill right in on the substantive decline in the share price, if you can? Sure. Um, unlike AIS 36, IFRS 6 does not explicitly require impairment testing of exploration assets when the carrying amount of the net assets of an entity is more than its market capitalisation. However, market capitalisation can't be ignored. When market cap is less than the carrying amount of an entity's net assets, the entity should carefully consider the reasons for this. Uh, this fact could be viewed as an indication that exploration assets might be impaired, and as discussed in our last podcast, ASIC will often look at the market cap of the company compared to the carrying value of net assets as the starting point for impairment testing of exploration assets. So that issue must be addressed by companies. However, market capitalisation metrics alone would not necessarily be indicative of impairment. I guess we look at things like the market cap, has it recovered post-period end, or was it only briefly impacted, if other issues within the company could be dragging on the market cap, and of course I assume that we often circle back to other factors as a final sanity check. Absolutely, that's the approach to take. Given all the above, I think it's fair to say impairment testing of exploration assets will be intense as ever for the sector. Yes, limited capital market access is playing out via tough spending decisions and project rationalisation, which may make it hard to demonstrate substantive spend on some assets. And of course, the market cap of many has been hit hard. Uh, we are expecting this year and to be extremely busy with assets that maybe haven't previously required full impairment testing to be tested. On that basis, should we consider how COVID-19 is going to impact what companies will need to do when undertaking full impairment testing? Uh, they'll need to engage earlier, regularly, and potentially in an even more detailed manner than ever before. Companies must challenge historical norms, be realistic, and in some instances, they will need to engage experts to assist with valuation model inputs if a recoverable amount is to be determined. However, in reality, if exploration assets trigger impairment testing, it typically results in some level of impairment. Planning and early engagement, common themes right now. Definitely. Early planning has never been more important, but also closely monitoring internal and external changes in the environment. Okay, we've covered a lot. Thank you for taking the time. And where should people go if they want more information? First point of call, as always, is our dedicated COVID-19 and energy resources pages on our website. Yes, great resources. Well, thanks for those that have listened, and I'm going to cue the music. And uh, until next time, everyone stay well. Thanks, Brock. And of course, I'm more than happy to be contacted directly via LinkedIn or email.